Strong bodies, kind hearts, unstoppable minds. You're listening to Strong Girls Pod, where strong women share their stories to inspire strong girls. Welcome to episode four of Strong Girls Pod, brought to you by WIS. Today, I will be chatting with UCLA beach volleyball standout and soon to be rising professional beach volleyball phenom, Devin Newberry. Devin and I chat about what the demands of college athletics look like, how to learn to be an advocate for yourself, and all about her comeback story from dealing with serious injuries throughout her career. Devin is a fiery competitor on the court and off the court advocates for athlete mental health, support, and finding joy. Get ready for quite a few giggles and a whole lot of joy that Devin brings to every single conversation. But before we jump in, we're going to hear from our amazing sponsor, WIS. Going back with our WIS tips series. If you build a habit around having that income, having a routine, planning around that money, it's going to lead you to tip number four, which is save in buckets, save in a short term, a medium term and a long term bucket. So short term bucket can be you're buying yourself something for your birthday or you're buying a friend something for their birthday in in a week or two. Right. That's a short term bucket. A medium term bucket is something later on, depending on your age, that may mean in six months is a medium term bucket and a long term bucket helps you really conceptualize what your goals are later on in life. It's going to help you, you know, align that bucket around what do you want to be? What do you want to be later? Like, what's your plan? Have a plan. Do you want to, you know, do you want to go to college? Do you want to go to medical school? Do you want to become a journalist? Do you want to become a veterinarian? It, it, you know, it helps you. You can talk about your money um, in the context of, of what you want to be. And that's what the long-term bucket really is for. I love it. And filling those buckets up and correct me if I'm wrong here, but filling up these buckets, it doesn't mean that you have to divide them up equally in each moment. It just means that you should start thinking about these things. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Strong Girls Pod. I'm your host, Charlie Ekstrom, and I am here with UCLA Beach Volleyball standout, Devin Newberry, a close friend of mine. Dev, thanks for joining us. Oh my God, it's my pleasure. And it's so fun. It's so fun that we kind of get to sit here and talk because I feel like we've had plenty of fun conversations throughout our years of knowing each other and playing each other and all that fun, but it's nice to kind of sit down and have a full story time session. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I obviously know you pretty well, um, going back probably like eight or nine years at this point. (laughs) Um, but for those beautiful listeners of ours that are tuning in who don't know you, can you give us a little bit about your background, your story, uh, what brought you to your sport now and um, like any of the journey around that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm born and raised Santa Monica. I've been like near UCLA's campus my whole life. And so I would say I first started playing sports when I was like, six and I started off with soccer and basketball and then I didn't really get into volleyball until I was in like maybe fourth grade which I'm like saying that's a late start but that's like a very early start (laughs) I was gonna say that's before me (laughs) yeah and I didn't really get into that until my dad my dad used to play volleyball and football and like baseball so he kind of pushed me into volleyball and I fell in love with it and it was like on some cement core outside, but I just love the team aspect of indoor volleyball. And then I started playing beach when I was 10. And then those were just fun summer tournaments. So then once I got recruited for indoor and beach, I just knew that I wanted to play beach just because of the USA travel tournaments I had done and just being on the national team for a little bit that like gave me an experience. We traveled Cuba, Argentina, and China. And those ones just like hit home with me. So I knew I wanted to play beach from there on. And then I committed to UCLA my sophomore year of high school. And now I'm a fifth year senior grad student, which is crazy because it's like, I feel like I'm still a baby freshman, but I'm not. You're in full grandma mode now. I'm in like full grandma mode and I feel it too. Like my back's starting to hurt a little bit more. (laughs) 
My journey through UCLA has just been so like a wild ride. I, my freshman year was COVID. So our season got cut off short, which ended up being awesome because I got to come back for a fifth year now and just being like in a better headspace and just like more aware of the game. And yeah, I've had like injuries and setbacks, but it's been UCLA has been like my greatest blessing, especially my teammates. Oh, so cute. I love that. Um, I feel like on that note, you kind of like set me up perfectly for the next little piece that we were going to yeah. talk about like highs and lows and how it's been such a wonderful experience for you. But there have definitely been some trials through your times there. Something that we do at Strong Girls United, I've talked with you a little bit about it. And for our listeners who are familiar and for our new ones tuning in, something that we do is mindfulness practices and mindset practices with all of our girls that come through our programs. And one of my personal favorites is that at the end of each day, we recommend journaling and we recommend taking notes on finding your three good things of the day, no matter how good, no matter how bad, no matter how stressful, no matter how wonderful your day was, just finding three good things to write down and to take note on. And I feel like something that's so powerful in this podcast and in what we're trying to do here is taking that kind of little moment that we have here and bringing something bigger and amidst all the good, all the bad, all the ugly, all the beautiful of sport, what are your favorite three things about in about playing your sport and or just being an athlete in general? Yeah, I think that my favorite, my first number one is just like the team and the community that I'm around. I've just never seen anything be so connected. And I don't know whether it's just this sport and being like a smaller and just understanding the frustrations and struggles of sport together but the community is amazing and then specifically my school UCLA like has just brought me the happiest years of my life and like friends that I have that outside of beach volleyball that will forever be in my life and that's all because of the sport I play and because I got recruited to play here and then I think the sport as well in a whole brought me like this new competitiveness to myself that like I don't get to bring out in other aspects of life. In other aspects of life, I'm a very chilled, laid back person. And so getting to like get on the court and show like a completely different side of myself is so fun. Ah, getting to show gritty, like get after it dev versus yeah. mellow huggy dev. Yeah. <laughs> getting to see both sides of it. I love it. And I feel like like going off of that idea of playing with a team, I feel like Beach gets tied up so much between being individually focused or team focused. And I feel like college in general kind of gives that opportunity for like, or gave that opportunity for those of us who are out of it, like myself, but gives an opportunity to really embrace the team aspect in a sport that's largely focused on an individual. Um, so I think that's so cool that that's like one of your favorite things about it, because I definitely would say it's in my top as well. And I feel like you've kind of had a unique journey with like the team aspect with beach volleyball, because dating back, as you had mentioned to like your USA volleyball days, I feel like you guys had a pretty like tight knit little gang early on in that USA travel squad. And I'd love to hear about that experience, because I know that it went back further than just the girls side. Like you guys had a little squad for a long time. And I feel like that must have been pretty fun and like foundational for the team aspect of the sport. Totally. I think that so my birthday, a little background is my birthday is December 20th, which puts me at like, most people would say a disadvantage because I have to go with the older girls when I try out for things. But it pushed me to be so uncomfortable and meet new people that I have looked up to for years. And it pushed me in like the best ways possible. And so through all those teams, we had to form a little group that traveled to all these different tournaments. And if you placed well, you got to travel to more. And it just like was the most life-changing experience in terms of volleyball because it took away the like you don't have to kill each other in the game you can actually go out to a completely different country where you're so uncomfortable and all you have to rely on is your teammates and the people who might be your competition in china i'm going like meg craft and maya harvey are with us in china and so technically they are like competition but we're going through this huge journey together. So you want each other to do so well, just because you're spending so much time with them and they become like your little family. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it definitely set the foundation for me going into UCLA that I'm not here to like beat people out and be the gnarliest person you've seen across the net. I'm here to give you my best competition, but then also be like your best friend off the court. Mm -hmm. 
That's so precious. <laughs> I, fe I feel like going even like further in your foundation, looking at that kind of like origin, origin story of Dev on the beach, um, looking at not just through USA, but through building community. I feel like something that we had in a huge way growing up um, and in a huge piece of just like beach volleyball as a whole as a sport. And I think it's pretty unique is that the community as opponents, like we're very friendly towards one another um, and become really close really quickly. And I feel like that spans into college, but I feel like having a sport that is so largely individual growing up, being able to build a community within your opponents was so important. And I'd love to hear if you relate to that or kind of how you'd find like that to kind of span through your career as well. Yeah, I think that before in all the youth tournaments I played in, I definitely wasn't as understanding of the fact that like your competition can also be your friend when you were younger. I always got just so nervous that like people wouldn't understand that I'm a different competitor on the court than I am off the court and like as a person. And so I feel like in the beginning, it was definitely a struggle for me to make friends off of the court just because I was always like the loud one and I was always really fired up and just a competitive person. And I think that I learned just through meeting people in general, whatever the situation was, I just learned to like accept the uncomfortableness and just try and make as many friends as I could because I've seen, I had seen people five years older than me who are still hanging out and best friends or now partnered. So then I kind of like joined the community I felt like once I was at 15 or 16. And then it's just served me so like so much purpose because my best friend, Jaden, it's like, that's my partner. And that's also somebody who I've been playing against and around for years to come. And like, we built that foundation so many years ago. Oh yeah. That dates back. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That dates back to like when we met each other and first started yeah. playing. And I feel like there was a huge piece of us. I mean, granted, you know me at this point, when we would finish games, I'd walk up and be like, all right, we're hugging this out at the yeah. end of it. Yeah. But we were both such competitive people growing up that there's totally that isolating factor. When you're playing at a super high level, like having to learn to separate, mm -hmm. that's a total journey in and of itself and can be really tough growing up too. Because again, yeah. like it's isolating. You want to make these friends. There's a really cool community once you learn to be a part mm -hmm. of it. But when you're competitive, it's hard to separate. It's totally. very hard to separate. Mm -hmm. Going with that, looking at that like environment, kind of the outdoor environment in general, what's kind of been the best and worst parts about playing not just a sport outdoors, but like playing in the sand, playing on a beach. What's been your favorite and least favorite part about playing this nice little sport that we've got? <laughs> I think that like my favorite part, and I heard this all through my recruitment of when I was choosing indoor beach, is that when you go to practice every day, like you're going to practice at the beach. You get to look around and like we do a mindful like practice most days at UCLA of like see three things, smell two things, taste one thing. And I will find a new, like beautiful thing to look at every single day I'm at my campus and every single day I practice beach volleyball. It's just unreal. And then I think that my least favorite thing has been just the depth of the sand at just different locations. <laughs> like I, oh my gosh, I just yes. got back from an Italy trip with our team and it was pretty compact and pretty easy to jump, but then also killed my knees. And then a week <laughs> later I'm back at UCLA courts and I'm like, can't jump out of the sand. <laughs> I swear those UCLA courts are so deceptively deep. Every, like everybody underrates how deep they are. I remember we would go and I'm talking to my team. I'm like, guys, like be prepared. Your legs are going to be tired when we play oh, yeah. at UCLA. That sand is deep. And everybody's like, oh, it's no deeper than our, our sand. And I was like, by technicality, I don't think it is deeper than our sand. For yeah. some reason, it just feels like more. Yeah, just... the depth of sand. You said it perfectly. It feels so nice to be able to jump super high when the sand is really shallow. But like your body hurts so much so more. Yeah. It's so good for your body when the sand is deep. Like, oh, yeah, 100%. It's, it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> Can't say I'm a huge fan of playing on deep sand, yeah. but my body loves it. Like, yeah. <laughs> body feels great. Mind's yeah. not as happy. No. I'm jumping a couple inches lower and just not yeah. happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Also, on that note of sand, what's your favorite weather to play in and what's your least favorite weather to play in? People don't realize, too, that in beach volleyball, we kind of play rain or shine. Like, we play regardless yeah. of condition. There's wind. There's all these factors. And people are like, you you play in all of it? I'm like, yes, <laughs> all of it. What's your favorite What's your favorite weather to play in? Because I've heard a mixed bag of reviews on peeps. Yeah, I'm, like, definitely an oddball. I love when it's game day, I could love some rain. I just think that it makes it so intense and so fun. I, I had this one game back in Argentina that I will like never forget because we were playing, Lindsay and I were playing the home team Argentina and the, it was like pouring rain and it was just this like unreal picture perfect like book. I, I have no words for it. So I like, I love a good rain day, but my like my favorite weather to practice in is a good like 70 and like keep it like I don't need the sun really I'm good with clouds like I I'm all good with that great with clouds yeah. absolutely <laughs> great with clouds yeah <laughs> I kind of got goosebumps as you were yeah. talking about that like that's so pretty I think yeah. I had my freshman year um playing with Tori back back in the day in the early <laughs> days of Stanford Beach we had a similar moment where it was our first weekend together and it was like pouring rain and I have this one picture where we're turning to celebrate. My hands are up by my face. I think they'd either just come off of a high five, but just above her shoulders yeah. and her hands are down low and we're like looking at each other and smiling. And it's a picture that will forever make me smile because yeah. it's such a powerful moment. Yeah. All the rain is in the picture falling around. Mm -hmm. I feel like the most picturesque moments are in the rain. Totally. It's beautiful. Very intense. Yeah. Very intense. But the cold is no fun because my feet get my feet get way too cold yeah i know <laughs> i'm like such a weather wimp I'll, yeah. I'll i'll be the first to admit that as a beach volleyball player i'm a full weather wimp but yeah i mean we don't play in the frozen there are occasional times where the sand will freeze over where we have to make it happen but mm -hmm. it's very rare it's very yeah. rare yeah we're a medium weather sport but <laughs> i think i think my out-of-pocket comment is i love playing in wind um mm. like in a lot of wind i feel like it's very hard to control the ball but i kind of like playing with a little bit of chaos anyways so yeah. like, i feel like it suits my game very well when there's really? a decently windy day so mm -hmm. i feel like everybody always has an out-of-pocket one like i've heard from some people that they love humidity and i was like no like <laughs> not for me uh what's your least favorite weather to play in then i mean i'm not a huge fan of like the heavy heats like there was one game in China where I, it was like 110 or 112 and my body just like shut down. I couldn't, I couldn't control anything. And so that one I don't love playing in, but it is something that you feel so accomplished after you do. So it kind of goes both ways, but I wouldn't choose to play in that weather if I didn't have to. Very, very, very fair on that yeah. one. The accomplishment feels great, but the, but the route getting there, just not so much. Yeah. <laughs> Now, like moving past like the goofiness of weather, yeah. kind of sitting back and looking at like your journey and all of it, you've talked about this like really inspirational thought of being a part of a team and mm -hmm. having teammates serving as like pieces of inspiration for you. What do you consider in general, like your biggest driver in general to continue sport? Yeah, I think that we always ask ourselves like why we do things and like why are you pushing yourself in practice why are you gonna go kill your weights today and mine changes pretty often depending like where i am and what i'm doing so during the season it's like always been like my like big why has always been my seniors and my upperclassmen and so throughout the years when i'm in the ucla season that's what i'm always thinking about is like my teammates my teammates my teammates and then you get to summer and it's just a different ball game. And so my why I continue playing sports is because it challenges me more than I've ever been challenged before. And I love that. Like, I love the highs and lows of life. I didn't always love feeling bad emotions, but I just think that getting the gift to literally live any emotion you can is so beautiful. And so that's one reason of why I absolutely love the sport and I keep playing. And then I think another is just my family and like, knowing like how proud I'm making them by like stepping on the court every single time and just knowing that other people look up to the position that I'm in and like acknowledging that I am in the best position in the world and like have so much to be grateful for. Why would I not go do this? Like this is like the best career ever. Yeah. Kind of, kind of sweet. This yeah. sport we play kind of sweet. Yeah. This life we live <laughs> <laughs> now on top of what 
this beautiful idea of your being challenged. Do you have any mottos or phrases that you tell yourself in those moments of challenge that like continue to push you forward? Do you have anything that comes to mind? Yeah, mine's like super cliche, but I tell myself this all the time and it's always worked is like everything happens for a reason and everything works out the way it's supposed to. They kind of go hand in hand. But when I'm going through my hardest times in life, I will always say, okay, well, at least I know everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to work out. And it just, it always does. Every challenge I've been through, when I can like look back at it and once I'm out of it and out of the hard time, I always know that's why that happened. Like, oh, I, this part of me three years later knows that that happened to me because of this or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes it has to take a little minute to sit for you to realize like why yeah specifically but then when you realize why specifically it becomes so much more important to you in that moment going off of everything happens for a reason even when obstacles hit i'd love to kind of talk about the idea of obstacles and kind of challenges that you faced in sport um do you have any moment in sport that you consider to be your biggest obstacle or do you have specific moments um that you would consider like bigger obstacles than others and what are they if you're comfortable sharing them with us Yeah, I think that I have a couple. I think I have my mental one was just my sophomore year of college. And I, because of COVID, and I took COVID really hard, and I was just mentally down in the dumps. And so getting, like, I always felt the need to prove myself that year in that, like, I needed to go, I needed to do everything perfect, and I needed to be the best, best version of myself every single day in order to show that, like, I'm, like, the perfect human. And then that was really hard to step on the court with, especially because I think that's where I put the most pressure on myself was just to always be the best in volleyball. And so when I wouldn't perform that way, all I could see were the negatives. So I like really had a hard time with that my sophomore year, but so many things helped. I mean, my teammates are like unreal. And so when they noticed that I was getting bothered by things more than I usually do, or I was just upset about things, we would always sit and talk. And then I also just think that therapy is the best thing for anybody that anybody can do. And so taking advantage of like the therapy that I get at UCLA was perfect for me and really made huge strides of who I am as a person. So that's like the mental side. And then I think the physical side is I've just had consistent injuries throughout my four years here. And so I always try, like when I was younger, I would never understand like, why is this happening to me? I do the right things. I go to PT, I push my body the right amount don't understand why my body keeps getting hurt. But then I think that in the past like year or two, when I should have been really pushed the most and struggled the most with it, I've been at the most peace with it just because I know that like I can't control certain things. And I just love the idea of a comeback story. So I feel like just in both worlds of mental and physical, like just mentally switching it in your head, the perspective has just been like a huge helpful reminder for me. I I love a good comeback story. And I really, really love your comeback story, especially. (laughs) You know this because you've heard me talk about it before. Um, But I feel like I we have to talk about this because this is my one of my favorite Devin moments ever. Like you literally brought tears to my eyes (laughs) during season this year when you came back and had you were coming back from a shoulder injury which we can talk about following the story of where i yeah. you of where you make me cry um, <laughs> but this beaut like this really like long path to recovery that you took you had surgery yes. following season you took all of pro season like all of summer off last year recovering the shoulder injury that you had you were like the biggest cheerleader for all of us who were playing last summer but you had to take all of it and sit on the sidelines going through this recovery mode and you came back and you tweaked your shoulder and it was your hitting arm that you had tweaked but in in the process of comeback you learned how to hit with your left hand which was pretty cool but you came back and you tweaked your shoulder again and you guys were playing usc big crosstown rivalry huge beach volleyball rivalry in general and it was coming i don't know if it was coming down to your court or i think you guys were in the first wave but but you were in the first wave and the other games weren't going quite as momentously Mm -hmm. but all of the momentum kind of like was occupying space on your guys court and you i believe won the first set and lost the second set and in the second set was when you had started hitting lefty and blocking one-handed Mm-hmm. 
And that was the most insane thing ever. All of us were watching the live stream sitting in the airport coming back from this tournament because you guys were the last duel of the weekend. And we're sitting in the airport watching this stream like there is absolutely no way that this girl is playing left-handed and blocking one-handed and playing a gritty match <laughs> playing like this. And you came back and not only did you win, but you had multiple one-handed stuff blocks that were just <laughs> like chef's kiss beautiful. But you also won on a kill like by you on a lefty mm -hmm. hammer. And you turned around and you grabbed your face and you started crying and everybody stormed the court. And I started crying watching that because <laughs> um, it was just the most beautiful like moment. And so that comeback story, like I'd love to hear kind of like your journey, your side of it, because I'm yeah. watching it. Like That was one of the most inspirational volleyball games I've ever watched in my entire life. And I think that serving as that, like, what was that like for you? Like coming back from that, feeling that pain again, having to kind of go back into the rehab mode, following yeah. that game, like what was all of it like for you? It was, I mean, it was crazy. I, so I had been working on a comeback since I got surgery in June and I was told to be expected to be like eight or nine months, but my recovery was going pretty well. And so come March, I was ready for like my first duel and then just it never really like my shoulder never felt like it was back in place or like it was back to where it should be but i had talked to the mcnamara's actually or one of the mcnamara's got surgery just like i did so we kind of talked about it and she said it would be like that for a little bit and so then i entered my first match and it was fine it wasn't as big of a game and it wasn't as close of a duel so it wasn't um i didn't feel that pressure and it didn't like affect my shoulder that much i hadn't hit the ball that much that match and so then the next day Stein and I had a conversation of whether I could play USC or not. And then I was like, oh, I'm playing that match. Like, that is my match. I want to be back. I want that to be like my comeback match right there. And so then we play the match. And in the second set, I go up to swing a ball and I hadn't swung like that full out yet. And then I just hear like a huge crack in my shoulder. And I just knew at that point something was just totally wrong with it. And so I told myself I was not, I was, I mean, I didn't even have to tell myself. It just wasn't happening. Like I was not going to cry once before that, like before that whistle blew and the game was over. And so I told Maggie, who was my partner at the time, who's also to note, she's a freshman and the responsibility she took during that match was crazy. I told her, I was like, you are going to, I'm going to try and pass you a perfect ball every time and you're going to hit the ball. And so we finished that match and the car ride home I'm like checking my phone and seeing like the volleyball community like every single person you can think of in that community in some way or another reached out to me and it felt even because I had already had such a wonderful day the day before because I had just come back and I had already gotten such loving messages about that but for this it was like it was times a hundred like it was truly a moment that this is and this is another reason why I keep playing because I've never experienced like just feeling so loved by a community and like watched and cared for and so that was just it's crazy because that day was horrible for my shoulder but it was my favorite day I've played a beach volleyball by far just like seeing the reaction from people and just my team and everything like that so then on the way on the car ride home, I called my surgeon because he was watching the game as well. And then he was like, we'll get you an MRI. Well, whatever. And so I was in PT that next morning. I like told myself I was going to have a night to be upset about it and to worry about it. But like I'm back to business the next day. And so I went to PT that morning and I wasn't really able to move my shoulder that well. So I was out of practice until I got my MRI, which confirmed that I did like tear new pieces in my shoulder. But I think it actually helped me just because it gave me some like laxativity and then like movement. <laughs> no, in the end, it's fine. But yeah, so it was like a journey back even. It was like two comebacks I had to have. So I had like six weeks until season. And at this point, I'm feeling like so underprepared because I have not played in anything. And like, I am also so grateful that I got put with Jaden again because like we know each other like this already. So it was like going back to home right when we got back to each other. And then we were able to finish out the season and it went it went like remarkably well for us. And it's just been kind of yeah. like this ever since. Yeah, not too shabby coming back, <laughs> coming back, winning just about, I think, every game that you guys played together, um, yeah. getting all tournament team, all Pac-12, all tournament team, NCAA tournament. And then yeah. coming 
qualifying for the main draw of the AVP Hermosa, winning yeah. the CBVA Tour Series, which for anybody who plays beach volleyball, you know, CBVA tournaments for people's background, <laughs> they are the most like strenuous long days of beach volleyball that you could possibly imagine playing. But we all do them because we grew up doing them. Just yeah. now, now looking back on them, we realized how insane we were growing up doing them. Yeah. But you played three you got the bid to the main draw. You guys qualified for another main draw. You guys qualified an MBO. And just like all of it, you kind of put your pieces together and just kept accelerating up like well beyond the UCLA journey that happened this year. <laughs> and so it was so cool. It was like you had this amazing comeback story, another amazing comeback story coming back for a second time. Don't love to hear that you hurt yourself again in that process <laughs> of the comeback. But I mean, hey, it, I guess it gave you your whip back because you yeah, were you were um. kicking some booty at the end of it. <laughs> I'll never forget our USA camp. It was like my mm -hmm. freshman year of college, your senior year of high school, and we did the yeah. USA camp together. Yeah. And I was like dying of illness. Mm -hmm. And then you come down, trot down, and I'm like, Dove, what happened to you? And you go, I'm pretty positive I just dislocated my shoulder, but I think we're good. <laughs> and you just saying, yeah, I just tore it a little bit, but we're totally good. That like brought back a memory I forgot I yeah. had of you being like, yeah, it's, it's good. It's just, it helps a little bit, but I'll never forget that. And so I love like your journey through recovery has been so cool just to experience from an outsider, but also as a friend to love and support you. And I love that the community like rallied behind you the way that I kind of expected everybody to, but just to show our community is a really cool thing that I mm -hmm. love, love, love how cool your journey in recovery and in coming back has been. Yeah. Did you have any when you came back that first time? Were you just like so ready or did you have any nerves when you came back the first time to play? It wasn't even nerves as it was like I was I knew I just wasn't at the place I wanted to be. And so I think it was letting go of expectation. And like I've had to do that for the past year of my life. My shoulder might never be able to hit the same way. That is OK. I have other things I need to learn and other things I need to work on. And so that was a big conversation Stein and I had together. Once I made my comeback fully for the rest of the season, I was just playing all stressed, high anxiety and just worried. And he noticed that and he was like, look around, look how cool it is and look at the journey you've come from and who cares? I, I really can't expect myself to go out there and do anything crazy right now because you can't have any expectations when you play, you just set yourself up for failure. So like, I really like let go of everything and it's just been much better that way for me since. I feel like that's like so much, not even nerves, but just like having to readjust. Life is like full of a bunch of like perpetual readjustment, but having the readjustment come in something that's been such a constant, yeah. I feel like can like can both add stress, but also change your perspective and like mm -hmm. how has how has in a way like your relationship with the sport adjusted since that comeback occurred? Cause I feel like while yes, you had injuries growing up, you didn't necessarily have anything that fully put you out of sport. Mm -hmm. You were always pretty much back to playing quickly. So mm -hmm. how did your comeback kind of change or adjust your relationship with the sport? Yeah, I think it was, like I said, like I've learned so much, like everything happens for a reason. And this is like one of the biggest reasons of why it happened to me is to make me the player I am today. I think that for a while in beach volleyball, I took it so competitively and just always wanted to win. And I just wasn't handling myself the way that like I wanted to in the way that like when I would look back and be proud of myself of. And so taking so much time off the sport and just like being a spectator for a little bit, once you're out of the sport and like you can really look at it as a whole of there are so many lows when you're in it and when you're in the depths of it that you don't get to like really look at what you're doing in life. And then once you take a step back, I'm like, wow, like how cool of these people to go out there and play and put on a show for all of us watching and having the time of their life while doing it. And so now it's like, I really only focus on my side of things. Like I think of like how cool it is that I get to go out and practice every day wearing UCLA across my chest. And then over summer, I'm like, wow, like the fact that this could be a career option for me and that I get to go play in front of thousands of people while thousands are more watching online to see me doing exactly what I love most in this world is like so special. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Learning to grow and love it that much more, even yeah. like 
Yeah, it's like when it when something gets taken away from you that you love, it almost makes you love it that much more. Like absolutely, like grows grows the relationship because you know yeah. I like to think of it as like distance makes the heart grow fonder. And while yeah. you were right next to it, you still had some space that you'd never really been forced into before, totally. and like you were literally like forced into that space. And yeah, I'm like oh being forced being forced anywhere i feel like for people who are really competitive nobody likes being forced anywhere no. <laughs> i'm like mm, can't say i like that one that's kind no. of not my, not my first choice i like to choose mm -hmm. for myself what i'm doing <laughs> exactly I'm just, and so i feel like being the competitor you were almost like having that step back made you come back even grittier so yeah. that's that's super cool to hear okay. that that is how it changed internally for you Mm -hmm. as like for those of us who have watched it change externally as well mm -hmm. now we've talked we've talked a lot about your experience as a player at ucla yes. but yes. something that a lot of the girls in strong girls united were really excited to hear from college athletes as well as professional athletes is they want to know kind of like the idea of playing college athletics, what does balance look like for you? Mm -hmm. Would love you to share what I know you're doing your master's now. So mm -hmm. you graduated with one degree, would love to hear a little bit about that journey and then yeah. hear about what kind of what your master's path is like. And then how do you kind of find balance between school and sport? Yeah, absolutely. I went through quite a journey with school. I so when I started my undergrad, I really just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I wasn't sure what major I wanted to do. But at first I was kind of set on something sciencey. And so, cause I wanted to be a nurse for a couple of years. And so I was a physiological science major for three years. And that is like one of the hardest majors at UCLA. And I didn't realize like the toll it was going to take on me like workload wise. And so then in the beginning, there would be nights where it's like I was on a travel trip in Hawaii, but I was missing team dinners and I was sitting in the room up all night just trying to get my notes done. And so for a while, I think I didn't have the balance exactly correct. And so I was prioritizing other things like in college, whereas school work became like excessively like larger. And so once it hit like my junior year, I would say. I like really sat down and decided like what I wanted to do with my life. And so I kind of decided to like double dip and like do a little bit of more phi sci and then take some like sociology and communication classes, see which one I liked more. And then that's kind of where I felt like my groove was happening. And like I was able to like calendar out my life and see like what exactly fit in and like what are my priorities. So like every Sunday I'd sit down with my calendar and I'd be like, okay, I have practice scheduled in at these times. I have lift. I have PT. How much schoolwork and how long is it going to take me? Let me write it down. And then let me see, like, if this person can go get dinner instead of, like, texting them at 9 p.m. that same night. It's like I'm planning things out in advance, which is so out of my comfort zone because I am not a planner at all. And so... <laughs> I was, was going to say, like, Devin Newberry, a planner. I yeah, don't think I... Could like say. planning is not my forte. I'm like <laughs> much more of like a spontaneous person and would rather just plan something the same day. But in college athletics, I'm sure, you know, like that doesn't really fly. Yeah, <laughs> so, not so easy. <laughs> yeah. So that's like the part of my life where I like, I have to use my plan, but I kind of just got my groove going. Like, I think that as you get older as well, like you're going to make mistakes no matter what you do in balance for your first year or two or however long it takes you to adjust but you're gonna like realize what you have to do to get things done and like what fills your cup outside of that that you get to go and do on your own time oh yeah i feel like you have to have at least like for us it was quarter system mm -hmm. with you guys quarter system in general like some with other schools at semesters with a larger yeah. percentage of schools at semesters but you yeah. have to have one quarter a semester that just like absolutely kicks your butt and Everybody says like that you're that they can try to prevent it to where they don't have one. That's not true. You're going to have one that just absolutely like like kicks you off your feet, knocks you down yep. and you have no idea what the point of return is. Yeah. Uh, it just happens. Mm -hmm. And you don't want it to happen, but it does. Yep. And so and then you learn how to balance. I feel like yep. I had a similar experience where I chose a really complicated major. I ended up making it through surviving i think covid allowed me to stack up a little bit more units yeah. because of the fact that i had less going on so i was yeah. able to do some of the harder core um mm -hmm. when i didn't have as much volleyball practice going yeah. on 
but I totally had the same moment and like my hardest quarter, I actually took the least amount of units in my entire time at Stanford was, really? yeah, I had, I was in, so I was an architecture, architectural design major in undergrad and mm -hmm. I took 14 units total and I have never been more drained by a quarter in my entire mm -hmm. life. And I got hurt playing. Uh, mm -hmm. hurt my hand so I wasn't able to do my drawings for my studio so I set myself back because I wasn't able to hold oh, a pencil no. yeah because I wasn't able to hold a pencil and I had to hold a pencil to do my drawing no. yeah I had to get extensions on everything and I had never ever in the history of ever asked a professor or teacher for an extension <laughs> in my life yeah. and I had to learn to ask for one and I think mm -hmm. I like broke down crying to my professor yeah. but yeah um, and she was like I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing with me. Here's an yeah. extra two weeks. No yeah. stress. It was something like that, that like, not only did I learn how to balance my time when I was in the most crazy chaotic quarter that kicked my butt, yeah. but I also learned to advocate for myself. And yeah. like, did you ever have moments of that where you had to learn to advocate when you were at school in your journey? You know, what's so interesting is I never, never did with school, but in practices, there was like a time in my, I think it was either my sophomore or my junior year where I just went through like the hardest week of my life. And it felt like everything was piling on. I like didn't know how to handle it. And I just felt so drained mentally. And so I called my coach and I just talked to her for a while. And I was like, I can't do this week of practice. And then we had like a really, really wonderful conversation. And like, I truly think that was one of the best things to happen to me because I don't, if I had kept going the way I was going and not advocating for myself and saying that like enough is enough, like I need a break, then I just would have burnt myself out even more and like potentially just been done with the sport. But like the fact that I advocated for myself just like changed the world of that. No, absolutely. It's like you have to learn to be your own biggest advocate because other people mm -hmm. aren't going to do it for you. Yeah. I feel like that's a huge piece of growing up and Honestly, I feel like we kind of learned it through the process of recruiting and stuff of learning to yeah. kind of like speak up for yourself. But when you get to college, it's even more because you don't have anybody being like, you got this yeah. behind you. You have to find internal support or like find people around you that can serve as external support totally. to like catalyze your internal support. But mm -hmm. your internal support has to be the biggest thing and the biggest importance. Learning to stand up for yourself and like, especially when it comes to practice, this happens in school and in sport. You feel like you're letting others down if you're not totally. present or not as able to do as much. But once you advocate, you're able to do so much more. Mm -hmm. It just becomes such a more productive lifestyle and yeah, energy absolutely. when you're able to speak out for yourself. Now that you've kind of gotten an upperclassman role and become like significantly more of a leader, especially with this being your last year, yeah. How have you used like your leadership role to encourage like underclassmen and others to advocate for themselves in life? Like, have you had any moments like that? Yeah, I think that it's so interesting. Like my whole class, we always talk about how like every, every person is so important, but we all lead in like completely different ways. And so there's always someone who's pushing you to do more work and is going to be on you. And Lexi's always going to be the one who's like, you can like, you go give more and keep keep going and giving that motivational encouragement. And I, my style of leadership has always just been the person to come to when you're going through something or just come to when you want to talk or just really anything. So I think through that, like I've built the best relationships with my team just because I've been able to get to know people like way beyond volleyball and like way beyond like anything at UCLA. And so there's been so many times where like somebody's really down in the dumps and like not sure what to do so then you kind of like my past experiences can like help teach this person on like where to go what to do who to talk to and i think that can be with a lot of things in life it comes in like all different ways and i think that seeing how each you learn so much from other leaders as well so like i learned so much from my other upperclassmen in the way that they're gonna lead and i think it's so exciting this year being able to kind of take not take a step back, but kind of quiet myself down a little bit and give others the opportunity to really take advantage that they're an upperclassman as well. So seeing like our now juniors being able to like really use their voice and like really talk about what they're feeling is like been the coolest, most like rewarding thing to sit back and watch. Oh, I love that. It's so fun. I remember that in my fifth year that you just like you watch back and yeah. take pride in the leaders that you've helped to like exactly. advocate for and grow. Your mm -hmm. role as a leader was to 
turn these women into new leaders. College sports are so cyclical. You're getting the experience now to like see the cycle kind of like shift yeah. itself almost when you come back like next year too. You'll be able to look back and be like, wow, I've seen a full cycle now. I've yeah. seen somebody freshman through senior and mm -hmm. I experienced freshman through senior how my feeling was. Now I'm watching them and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at the person that you've turned into. Like, and yeah. how much we could sit back and laugh at the person that we all yeah, used to be. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. I feel like we've talked about so much right now. I like, this is so fun. But I just love talking about like the nature of team and hearing how much your team motivates you. Like that's, yeah. it's such a cool thing that again, our sport doesn't always necessarily cater to being mm -hmm. surrounded, rallying with a team. College totally. athletics does, but no, no piece yeah. of the professional side or even no. the junior side really gets to highlight that except for mm -hmm. like, you had a really unique experience with USA Volleyball that was yeah. different than a lot of others get. But it was so cool because you just got to feel like you were part of something bigger from an early age that carried yeah. you so far yeah. beyond like what I feel like any of us could have expected what this experience of like playing collegiate athletics, playing professionally, all of that could have been. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now with the idea of kind of like teamwork coming together, I think like my last question on that note, how do you as an individual and also as a leader with a team work to kind of handle and work around negativity that comes from like both external and internal sources? Like how do you guys manage, how do you yourself and how do you as a teammate manage negativity in situations? Yeah, I think that just getting older i used to hear all the times or not even hear all the time but i used to sometimes feel like the villain i'm always going to be somebody people want to be really bad in in the college world and i've accepted that role and like i know that about myself and i think before i used to treat it as a bad thing of like man like people are like treating me like i'm a villain like they want to come after me every single time they're against me sometimes i felt like there was just like awkwardness after the games or like before the games and whatnot and I feel like I can, I can understand if people think that way and whatever, but I know myself, like at the end of the day, I know exactly who I am and what I mean and what I'm doing. And so I feel like that's just been really huge to know. And so does my team, no matter like where I am, the people on my side just know who I am and are very comfortable with that. And so getting used to that idea of just like having your own identity from what other people say, just completely separate. And it's the same thing with UCLA. Like, I mean, we, every year is a different story of UCLA has a great team this year. And then it's the pressure. Oh my gosh, they think we're great. And like, we're not winning these games and whatever. And so, and it's the same thing reverse. Oh, you guys have a bad team this year. You're not really looking that good. And then we're all pissed about it. But I think that something that like my coaching staff instilled with me right when I got to UCLA is like the outside noise just simply doesn't matter. It's not going to do anything good for me. And so if you're looking at all the fluff and the good stuff, you also, that means you have to look at the bad stuff. So instead, just like not looking at anything and not listening to anything besides people who I care and trust about and who have that same respect for me as well is like the only thing that matters to like me and my team. Let your internal light lead. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So wonderful. Oh, Dev, this has been so fun. So fun. I think my last series of questions is yeah. just our Strong Girls United series questions, which follow the pillars of our nonprofit. For the listeners who've heard in the past and for the listeners who are just tuning in for the first time with us, the pillars of Strong Girls United are strong bodies, kind hearts, and unstoppable minds. And we want to instill that from an early age in girls and women in sports and hope that we can pass it on through generations to come. And something that we're really loving is hearing from these strong women that we've had, like yourself, hearing kind of the ways that you do this. So I think to start, I would love to hear, how do you keep your body strong? I keep my body strong by like a ton of PT. <laughs> I, am in, I am in PT pretty much every single day. And like, I'm a, I'm a pretty big lifter, I guess. But I think that's just because it's instilled within college athletics to be a lifter. Totally. But I think that I need to do things outside of what UCLA has set up for me in order to keep my own body strong. And like, I've found my own routines that work for me. So like, when I get the chance to go on a walk or go to yoga or go on a hike, I take, I take those and run with it. 
getting the external pieces to keep mm-hmm. your other bits stronger. Yeah. All right. Next up on this list, how do you keep your heart kind? I feel like I make sure my cup is filled like as much as it can be. And like what I mean by that is that like I have to have something outside of volleyball that keeps me so happy because like me at my happiest is like me at my kindest as well. So like making sure that like I'm doing things that make me happy and not just pleasing like everybody else is so important to me, whether that's like going on a walk and on the weekend, spending time with my family, watching a movie with my boyfriend. Like those are just times that like mean the most to me and also just keep me really happy. Mm -hmm. So cute. Mm -hmm. And then last, but most certainly not least, how do you keep your mind unstoppable? I think for me, I've tried my fair share of journaling and it doesn't really work for me. I think that I watch so many, I like read and like go through and watch videos of things that just like push me to be better every single day. Like I'll even watch like old videos of myself from like 2014 of like my best memories in volleyball and sport and life. I get so fulfilled and so passionate about those things that it'll just wake me up in the morning ready to go. And then I also do the same thing like in the reverse, like in the future. Like I have a whole list of things on my phone of like things that I would love to have in my life and love to strive for and keep my goals. I'm very goal oriented. So having so many goals out there for me and just knowing that like I can take on whichever I choose, it just keeps me keeps me motivated and strong. Oh my goodness. That's so beautiful so (laughs) so fun like the past and the present moment getting both highlighted just make it so much more special yeah all right well that is all the questions that i have for you amazing thank you so much for coming dev always so lovely getting to chat and getting to i don't even know trail off into conversations that we never really expect to have yeah (laughs) So for all of our listeners tuning in today, thank you so much for staying on this wonderful little journey that was this conversation with us. I'm your host, Charlie Ekstrom, and you've been listening to Strong Girls Pod. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Strong Girls United, a nonprofit with a mission to empower girls to be strong, confident, and resilient through sports mentorship and mental health programming. Visit sgunitedfoundation.org to learn more on how you can get involved today.